Project Loving Myself podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. What I wanted to build right now is actually my net worth. And the formula around that, if I were to increase my net worth, is to actually increase my self-worth. You're listening to Project Loving Myself podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. It's another beautiful day here at Project Loving Myself with me, Sanaya, your host on the ride of a lifetime towards well-being and self-love. Like the saying goes, the toughest steel is forged in the hottest fire. And so today we talk about how the biggest success stories come from overcoming great adversity. Often these great adversities come in the form of trauma, pain, challenge. We have to hit rock bottom before we can find our way up. And no matter how deep and dark is that hole, there is light at the end of the tunnel. It might be fleeting or it might take our eyes some time to adjust to seeing the light, but it does get brighter as we walk towards it. I'm talking about having the perseverance and perhaps even the patience to rise above our difficulties, even when it feels like there is no hope, no solution. There is a spark within each one of us that cannot be doused. It is this ability to go on, to turn conflict into resolution, to overturn failure with success, to find opportunity in every situation that makes us such powerful beings. And our guest today, MJ Aoki, is a great example of how the human spirit cannot be broken. It can only learn to fly. MJ is a life coach, comes from a background of financial wealth planning. She's a podcaster, travel influencer, and entrepreneur who is the CEO of Satori Candles and founder of the Evolution Community. There is a lot to say about her accomplishments, but I will let her tell you more about it. It is my pleasure to bring MJ Aoki on Project Loving Myself to share her triumphs with us. Welcome to the podcast, MJ. Wow, Sanaya, it is an honor for me to be here. Thank you so much. I love what you just shared around 
the hottest steel and uh, I, I kind of want to think about it like you know how diamonds are formed and I kind of feel you know that we are all diamonds here and we are being forged to to do something great in this world so yeah it is really an honor to be here thank you for having me you're very welcome MJ and I love your whole diamond analogy because diamonds have all these different facets right and we mm -hmm. got to polish that diamond until it sparkles until it shines and that's really kind of this whole project loving myself journey we're here to kind of explore our different facets to polish our surfaces so that we can shine and sort of be the most beautiful version of ourselves in every way. Now, MJ, you are doing so many different things, as I just listed. Can you start by telling me a little bit about each of these different things that takes up a part of your life? So these are your very many facets. Show us a little bit more about each one of these. Yeah, I I do a lot of things. Um, I, I, yeah, I think you were really able to capture everything. That's quite impressive, actually. But, you know, growing up, I used to be quite ashamed that I do a lot of these things. And I think we live in a world where they teach you that you have to focus in just one thing. And, you know, like when they say that you got to focus in just one thing, like you got to focus in your business or your career or your family. I mean, nothing wrong around that. But I really love everything that I do. I, I love to travel, but of course you can't do that right now. I also love meditation. I also love facilitating workshops around transformation. I love coaching people. Obviously, I love talking. I also coach people around their next level. I also love creating candles. I love, you know, really, I do a lot of things, but kind of like Mary or it's all interrelated, you know, and I got this from Marie Forleo uh, when she mentioned that she is a multi-passionate entrepreneur. When I started to hear that word, I, I really resonated with that so much that I don't have to be just one thing. And as long as I'm able to, you know, be certain with the things that I really wanted to experience, especially around my vision. And my vision is to really live in a world where everyone is living blissfully. Everyone's free and abundant. And all that I do are really anchored around that vision. So yeah, I do all of these things, but at the same time, I make sure that I enjoy and that I love everything that I do. So MJ, I love Marie Forleo. Like I follow her stuff too. And I, I kind of see the similarity. I see how kind of that energy of doing a lot of different things you love but it's actually under the same sort of umbrella, right? It's still yeah. content creation. It's still sharing, educating people. It's inspiring people. It's influencing people. I mean, they all kind of are in the same direction. And even like the candles that you mentioned, I mean, this is still part of the whole well-being sort of space or arena. And I think what we need to understand is within the space that we choose to, to be, right? In my case, it's also well-being. There are so many different ways we can express ourselves. And it might exactly. be through a podcast. It might be through teaching. It might be through coaching. It might be through entrepreneurship, you know? And I, I see how you've definitely, you use the word marry. So you've married these very different disciplines, I would say, while still, you know, promoting well-being, you're inspiring people. So it's the same thread running through many different things. So I really yes. kind of like that. 
And I think this is the age, right? This is the time where we can all explore all these different things that we're passionate about and find a way to bring it together. I sometimes think that's that's when great things happen, when you combine your passion with what you're good at and, you know, it's something you love to do and it all kind of comes together and, and makes something great. So do you agree with that? And were you aware that that's what you're creating? I, I totally agree with that. Like, you, you know, you, we all have goals. We all have dreams. We all have, you know, things that we want to accomplish. But the mechanisms around to get there will always be a million different ways. But at the end of the day, it's really that vision that's clear and the mechanism will just appear. So, um, and in my case, um, there are different ways for me to achieve that, that blissful, that freedom, that abundance in, in our lives. And it doesn't just have to be one thing. And, it, and that, that's okay. Because sometimes we, we feel that, oh, I, I just need to focus on just one. But reality is, you don't. As long as you are enjoying anything, and I don't even feel overwhelmed with all the things that I'm doing. And it's mainly because I'm just really having fun around it. You know, like I'm incorporating play and work, work and play as one. So yeah, just really enjoy what you do and following what it is that your heart is telling you. So you don't agree, MJ, with jack of all trades, master of none. I think there's a continuation for that. Jack of all trades, master of none, but it's better to have all of these trades than none, something like that. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Let me pull out the full quote for that. Um, it says, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Great yeah. comeback, MJ. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess it's, really the society telling us that you can only be one but the truth behind that is you can actually be a multi-passionate entrepreneur and as long as you're doing um you love what you're doing and it's perfectly fine as long as you know you're not doing it for anybody else you're only, you're doing it because it makes you happy it's aligned to your purpose it's aligned to who you are then you know everything will just flow because you know you know you're being guided and it's going to come off easy because you know that this is something that you really wanted to do. You're not, there's no resistance around it. And I like the word you use. It's multi-passionate entrepreneur, correct? Yes. Yeah. So this is kind of, this word sort of captures the idea that, you know, whatever you do, it's aligned with the vision and it can be, mm -hmm. you know, a multitude of different things you're doing, but the point is that it's still aligned and then it works as opposed to if you're trying to do too many things, but they're all drastically different things and they're not aligned to any common vision. I think that's when you kind of drop the ball or you have uh, maybe pro uh, problems getting anywhere or fulfilling yeah. any kind of a vision. So I get that. I see that. Now, MG, talk to me a little bit about coaching. I believe you've recently, you know, in the last couple of years, you've embarked on this whole trip of being a coach. What are the different life experiences that led you to becoming a life coach today? Wow. Okay. You know, we all have different experiences growing up, right? Um, but for me, when I was you know, growing up, my parents weren't always around. And, you know, as a kid, I felt lost. I felt confused. I felt unloved. And, you know, of course, our parents are really doing the best way they know how at that time. And there's really no school for parenting, right? So 
especially during this time, it's the pandemic. Nobody really knows exactly what to do, especially as parents. I think every generation would have a different set of challenges. But during my time, uh, my parents had to work. Um, I, I, my, my mom had to provide for us three while my dad is you know, abroad. But um, long story short, I didn't really have that much attention from my parents. And not that, not that they didn't love me, but I just had, you know, a different expectation from the things I saw on TV, from my friends. And I had that belief that, you know, I was not worthy of receiving love because I didn't feel that. And in terms of my life experiences, that kind of like became a pattern in my life wherein I would say yes to things, even though it's really a no, just for the sake of being validated or that feeling of getting that feeling of love being loved and best example right now is actually my name my whole name is mary antakako ayoki i don't even have a j in my name <laughs> but i again i just said yes to it just because i wanted to you know belong to a cool crowd and that really became a pattern in my life and for what sake you know to be validated, to be accepted, to be connected, or maybe to feel loved. And there came a point in my life where the price was just too much. And that's when I experienced, you know, this trauma that I don't want any other woman or any other man to even experience because it's just really traumatic. And the sad part about that is, you know, I didn't know, like nobody's really ready for that. And so during that time, I didn't know exactly what to do. I, I felt even more lost. I felt even more confused. And all the more that I felt like I was unloved. And I also, you know, suffered depression and addiction because of that. And it was just a really hard time and dark time for me. But at the same time, you know, as I ventured to like really work on myself, and hence, you know, project loving myself and really focusing on my own growth and having that mindset that I don't want to experience this anymore. I've had so much that I had to pay for me to live a life like this. And I don't want that. And it's not worth it for me. And so I started focusing on my growth. I started focusing on myself and really embracing personal leadership, personal mastery, um, because there's there's certain levels around it. So first you have the growth mindset and then you start to think that, hey, I, I want to create something for my life. And then you started becoming your own leader. So that's the personal leadership. And then the next level there is the personal mastery wherein we want to keep doing this consistently every day until it's deeply ingrained in our subconscious. And then the next level there is really just around spirituality and it's really that long process for me, but I'm just really blessed to be in a space where I get to practice being myself, practice my wholeness, practice, you know, like understanding who I am and really embracing who I am, the dark side and the lightness in me. And eventually figuring out that, you know, all of my life's experiences, it's meant for me to experience that so that I can even share this to the world. And, you know, because of this experience, I am able to help more people around it, especially around their limiting beliefs that, you know, giving them hope that, you know, there's actually a way out of it. 
and however difficult it may be um definitely there's there's hope around it if you just choose to focus on yourself i i think that there's so much in that story mj to explore if you feel comfortable mj can we talk a little bit about this trauma tell me about this trauma that kind of i think started this whole experience of getting to know yourself better of you know getting to a point where you're now practicing all these things that you have learned and i believe also as you share it with other people as you coach other people you too are on some level healing you know different aspects of yourself so talk to me about the trauma yeah definitely so okay i'm just going to speak for myself so at that time i was attaching my happiness and that feeling of love from external things from basically my friends from people even though it's not aligned with my values so at that time i was at a party you know we were doing a lot of you know there were, there were drugs there were alcohol there were a lot of other stuff and you know as much as i say that oh i i have it all under control i i'm respons i know i'm responsible but there came a time that i didn't really have control anymore and long story short you know i was taken advantage of i woke up with you know somebody just banging me and i i didn't know what exactly was going on and i was like i was still in denial at that time like was i just raped like i i i don't know i didn't really understand what happened and so i tried to even consult some of my friends around that and the sad part there is it still felt like it was my fault that i wasn't responsible that i put it upon myself to be in that situation and and it was hard it was hard to hear that from my friends who i thought would have my back especially because they're also women and at the end of the day it's really about really i closed off everything i closed myself from the world and really just focused on my healing because you know at the end of the day we cannot heal the pain if you refuse to actually heal you know like we 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 cannot heal from the pain if you're not ready to heal so that's exactly what i did and it took a while but definitely it's the time that i needed for myself and that allowed me to see what it is that i needed to do i even had a coaching conversation with the person who did that to me and i know it's so like it's it's as if like i had to understand what happened and for this person apparently it wasn't like it wasn't in his intention and we had some clarity around it like like basically we agreed to disagree but that is my truth and that is his own truth at the end of the day i kind of understand as well where he's coming from like why he did that and what i am really getting from that is you know hurt people hurt people and maybe he didn't really intend to hurt me but he wasn't really thinking about the consequences of his actions so at the end of the day it's me really finding it in my heart to forgive myself first for the things that i've done to myself for not really taking accountability and being responsible and also finding it in my heart to forgive him because it's not serving me and when we talk about forgiveness it's really more for me than it is for the other person you know thinking mj it's that is such an incredible story and i think it would strike a chord in a lot of people's hearts um i loved what you said hurt people hurt people 
at the end of the day, I mean, that is such a humbling statement because it, it forces us to acknowledge and to realize that behind every pain that somebody inflicts on us, they have their own pain to contend with, you know, and that's why hurt people hurt other people, right? And um, also, as you were speaking, it reminded me of this story. I, I think it was last year. There was the flight attendant, Filipino Airlines. I don't know if you remember this story. And she was found dead in a hotel in uh, Poblacion. Mm-hmm. And there was yeah. a lot of comments I remember on social media about how she put herself in that situation to be potentially raped and drugged and she woke up dead. And I remember at that point when I was following the story, I was also just kind of blown away with the kind of comments people were posting. And there is, I think, such a lack of understanding and compassion um, Mm. for women who find themselves in this kind of a situation, a predicament. And, you know, it's, it's not just the Philippines. I mean, this is a worldwide issue that a lot of women are put in these situations or they find themselves in these situations and then they're made to feel that it's their fault. And as I have also worked with my own clients, one of the things that has been very important in the healing process, as as you mentioned, is similar to, to how you dealt with it, is learning not to seek that validation from the other person. Or like, you you never actually feel better when the other person says, oh, I did it. And often the other person will say, but I didn't do it. And you're kind of, you're mistaken or, you know, they kind of like blow it off or they, they don't take the responsibility. And often you're left with that. Oh, well then if they're not taking the responsibility, I guess it's me. I I'm to blame. It's my fault. And that can be obviously a very heavy load to carry. So part of the healing process is forgiveness. As you mentioned, it is to realize that, you know, we can't seek that, retribution or justice or even revenge from the other person it's actually got to come from us we have to forgive ourselves we have to forgive the situation we have to forgive the other person and we have to acknowledge that they are broken in some way too right and we can't be responsible for their their challenges their story we can only be responsible for ours so i really applaud you on such an incredible story and how you've had to deal with it and come out of it and where you are today. Wow. What a honor to have you share the story on this episode. So thank you for that. Thank you, MJ. Yeah, Thank you um, for allowing me to be here. And I, I guess something that we all need to really think about is we really can't fix other people. And whenever we try to fix other people, it's also us trying to also take that the learning away from them you know what i mean like you cannot um take that learning away from them and they need to figure that out on their own but you are going to be responsible for your own healing for your own growth for your own learning and i still wish him well i can love a person from afar and i can really find it in my heart to still see him as you know this beautiful soul that maybe he's just really hurting right now Everything that we do is anchored around love. Sometimes it can be distorted, but maybe because you know they fear something so much that they they love something so much that they fear something around it. You know what I mean? It's so true. But definitely, they love something. They are capable of loving. They are still children of God. They are 
human beings. And if we can rise up to that level we're in, we still see and see that soul more than what they did, more than what they do, more than the title, more than the the money. It's really seeing the person in a, in that level. And I guess it's just gonna be a very beautiful world to live in if we get to see eye to eye at that level. But um, of course, right. um, that's a perfect world. Uh, we don't li live in a perfect world, but we can definitely create something little by little, at least in our own worlds. Totally agree, MJ. Now, looking back, MJ, at that experience, I mean, I'm sure that was a huge turning point in your life um, in so many ways. How would you, from this perspective, okay, how would you say that experience, that very traumatic experience, what did it do for you or what did it do to you? So there's like two different questions. Like on one hand, what did it do to you? I mean, how old must you have been, MJ, when that happened? Te teenager? Um, no, no, no. Mid-30s. Mid mid-20s. Okay, mid-20s. So what did that experience do to you? And then what did it do for you? Okay, what it did to me? Definitely, it opened my eyes that, you know, the choices that I have been making, I didn't see it that far ahead that, you know, like, I, I just think that like, as long as I'm not really harming anyone, I'll be fine. And sometimes we think like that, right? I'm not causing anyone harm. But the truth behind that is I was in such a denial for for a long time that, you know, in front, like, you see me, like... I have everything figured out, like everything's okay. But deep inside, I, I was a mess. I was screaming, I'm, I'm lost. And, and sometimes a lot of people, it, it's not about the age, but sometimes we still put up, you know, a face or a mask that, you know, sometimes we're really, there's a lot of fear for us to like really reveal what's happening inside. And basically for me, it's, I have that fear of, being judged i have that fear of being alone i have that fear of not having anyone to you know to support me or to love me and it's heartbreaking you know and even more like with, with that experience it kind of like made me feel that what am i doing with my life like is there anyone else who's really gonna be there for me and I really right. felt like, you know, like I, I just kept thinking, I, you know, I'm the victim here. You know, I should be, you know, loved. I should get all the attention because I am the victim. But on the other side of it is I can only be a victim for quite some time, but I don't want to remain a victim forever. I don't want right. to become a victim wherein, you know, like the world would still continue even though I've experienced this. And no matter what I do, like people would it still, happened. yeah, like they, they wouldn't really care as much, even though, you know, I, I cry out for help, even though they try to help me, even though they try to love me, even though they try to support me at the end of the day, it's still going to be my choice. If I still, if I, be, I would be willing to open myself up to receive all of the support, or if I'm just going to allow myself to just, you know, be if I'm just going to keep feeling sorry for myself. So MJ, I'm going to interrupt. So basically what I'm understanding is you hit rock bottom pretty much yes. with that incident. 
right? Like yeah. that was your dark hole that you had to climb up out yeah. of, right? But at the same time, you also said there was a lot of things going on, like beneath the surface. So so the the rape was just the tip of the iceberg. Like that was what that was where you said, okay, now I'm the victim. But actually behind that, there was a whole bunch of other things happening, which yep. perhaps may have attracted or may have contributed in some way for you to end up in that kind of situation. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah? Yeah. Now, I, I'm saying this, but I want to make sure that it's very clear that doesn't mean you're to blame, right? It just means that you take responsibility for coming out of that situation and learning what you needed to from that right? Without any blame. Because I I feel like, you know, I want people to really understand we don't take the blame because it's not our fault. Having said that, we can examine the situation from as objective a point of view as we can, you know, stepping out of the victim mode and trying to see what opportunity for personal growth or what opportunity for, you know, learning or renewal that we can take from that very negative, painful, traumatic experience. Did I kind of capture that correctly, MJ? Perfect. <laughs> you were able to like really um, summarize everything that I shared. And basically, it's really about me. Like, I have the power to shift. I have the power to create a new future. I have the power to really make a difference in in my life and to the people around me you know because at the end of the day when my, my when my health was deteriorating my relationships were not working my career my business you know when all of these things are not working and i sometimes just had that in me to just blame and sometimes it's the easy way out you know to just blame a lot of things but the common denominator there is when you point your finger is that you have four more fingers pointing at you and and that you are the common denominator there and that's why the pattern that has been showing up in my life is really just saying yes even though it's a no and really finding that courage and boldness to say what it is that's going to be right for me to actually be certain and to find clarity on what the things that i really want for my life and the way that I do that is to really understand first, who am I? At the end of the day, without the title, without the minds, without the money and everything else, when all else are gone, who am I? Right. And the more that I work on myself, the more that I connect more to myself, the more that I discover more about myself, the more I actually get to, to discover what it is that I want to, to do with my life. Hence, wow. I, I did coaching. Hence, I, I really worked myself to, to really build myself so that I can also support other people and really find like a, a secret way to get out of that, that hole because yeah. there is a way out of it. And if there are people who are really losing hope, especially during these cha- this challenging times, there's, I, I'm already telling you guys, there's a way out of it. There's hope. You just got to figure out who you are first because sometimes we're so stuck with the how-tos the doing but we sometimes forget like who we are and we gotta first focus on our identity and work our way because again 
when the vision is clear, the mechanism will appear. And once you have figured out who you are, then comes the purpose, then comes the how-tos, then comes the, you know, all of the information that's just going to be presented to you because you are ready. And that's exactly what happened. I love everything you've said, MJ. And I want to echo what you said. When the vision is clear, the mechanism appears. And it's so true because a lot of people ask this question, well, how do I get there? How do I do this? How, how, how? When in fact, they should be seeing who am I? What do I want? You know, where am I, you know, going? And then once that's clear, everything else, like the how-tos, like everything else you um, mentioned does kind of fall into place without you really having to do anything about it. So I completely also resonate with your sentiments on that. Now, MJ, you mentioned that you had some issues with addiction as well. So mm-hmm. can we talk a little bit about addiction? Because I know that that is also quite a big topic where people get really caught up or stuck in that narrative of addiction. Yeah, well, before I share my story, I just want to put a context around addiction because when we say addiction, it's not just really about drugs or chemicals. It can really be anything, you know, from from chemicals to alcohol, from things to people. So it can really be anything that we attach our sense of worth or happiness. And it's really us, again, feel like this us being connected with our highest self. You know, like this is us trying to find a way out of something. In my case at that time, I felt that I was trying to fill a void in my heart that for me to feel loved, for me to feel happy, I need to get the approval from my friends or from other people. And all of these are basically external. And the more that I am disconnected with myself, um, the more that I attach my myself with external things that are really beyond my control. Because all of these external things, I have no control over that right? But the more that I get to connect with myself, that's what I have control of. And, you know, it's scary because at that time, um, uh, because these external things I really cannot control, my tolerance for the things that I was addicted to became higher and higher. And that's why my all the more that I, I, I'm seeking for um, these things, even though it's not healthy for me anymore, it's not aligned with who I should become. It's not what my soul is trying to tell me. But at that time, I didn't know about all of these things. I was not connected with my soul. And that's why I've been searching and searching of things that I would feel would make me happy. But the truth behind that is no, nobody or nothing can really make me happy. It's really found within. And you know, it is going to be a long process, but it, can, it doesn't have to be long. It just it was just a long process for me. But the more that I learned about myself, you know, that little voice that kept telling me that, you know, you're much bigger than this, you're better than this. The more that I listened to myself, the more that I listened to that voice, the more it allowed me to be more connected and more aligned to my purpose. And it becomes so much easier. So what I'm getting, MJ, is like the addiction was coming from a kind of emptiness within you. 
And whatever substances or whatever you were addicted to was trying to fill that emptiness. But at some point you figured out that as you started to discover yourself more and get more connected to yourself, you were fulfilling, like you were filling that void that was within you that was what was causing the addiction. And that's how you kind of climbed out of that. Yes? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. You got it. You got it. So tell me a little bit more about the getting the addiction. How did it start? You know, what, what was happening at that point? What was going on in your head? And then how did you get to that point where you could kind of break out of it? Okay, so um, I mentioned about, you know, growing up, like I, I felt unloved. I felt like I wasn't worthy of receiving that love because I have a different belief or I have a different way of accepting love. And so, you know, I tried, you know, different chemicals, which I, that's, that was the time when in my life when I felt like, oh, you know, I, I, I thought this is cool and I got so much validation from people and I kind of felt that sense of belongingness from people because this is what we're doing together. And even though I thought that I know this is bad for me, I know this is dangerous. And even though, you know, there will come a time when things are just becoming chaotic for for that party or for that trip, I would still do it because I, I felt loved but it's just a, a really distorted way to feel love because if you really f- want to feel loved you're not going to do this for yourself you want to honor yourself for you know for the for the things that are not even should not be attached externally but at that time i didn't I, I, as i said i wasn't really connected with who i am and so i just attached that validation and happiness from from other people and it's scary because once they left once i didn't have that then i would try to seek more of that chemical and try to you know get them back into my life using that chemical but at the end of the day you know it's not going to work because it's not it's not sustainable for sure and at the same time it's also causing so much you know tension in in my relationships and it's really sad because I just felt like that's the only thing that I knew to be happy. Now before we get to the next question, we're going to be right back after this short break. If you're a current podcaster or plan to create your own podcast soon, I want to share with you the tool that I use to help me monetize my podcast. It's called Podmetrics. Podmetrics is a platform that allows you to have full control of how you monetize your podcast. You can collab with brands and choose between the many merchants that fit your podcast's audience. It also gives you tips and samples on how to execute your ads properly to maximize your earning potential. Plus, you can track how many of your listeners you were able to convert and know how much you've earned in real time. Cashing out is also a breeze. So if you're a podcaster, make sure you sign up by clicking the link in the description of this episode and use my referral code, Project Loving Myself. One word, capital P, L, and M. So you can monetize your podcast too. Good luck. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I get it, MJ. So how did you go from seeking love from people outside of you, okay, and I'm not even going to get into why you felt in love from childhood, but I'm sure that's kind of the root of where it all started. And then you grow up and you're seeking love from people around you. They're not giving it to you. So the addiction kind of becomes another way of connecting with people because you're doing it together. You're, you know, you have this, this common thing mm. and that's how you feel like you belong. And then how did you go now from trying to get that love from the people around you to being able to kind of love yourself, which I see is where you are right now. So how did that transformation happen? Because you you mentioned a few times it's connecting with yourself, getting to know yourself, discover yourself. But practically speaking, what were the steps? What did you actually do? All right. I think we all have different thresholds when it comes to really saying to yourself that I'm actually done. Like there's a certain level of pain or maybe an experience for you to actually say that I'm I'm really done and for me that threshold was when I I was actually raped that threshold was when I decided that I, I'm not gonna be happy just by doing all of this and so when I became really intentional with my choices the choices when it comes to like really focusing on myself that once and for all I'm not gonna make decisions because of other people i'm going to make choices based on what's going to be that's what based on what's going to make me happy based on yeah. what it is that my true highest self is going to tell me to do so so it's like being very mindful and very how do i say kind of like i'm going to think about my action my reaction my choices before doing it, because this time I'm not going to choose other people. I'm going to choose myself. And I'm going to make sure that in every choice I make, it's about my happiness. It's about 
what I want and not what I'm doing for someone else. So it's that kind of like a mindset that you mm-hmm. started to adopt. And that was guiding pretty much everything in your life from that point forward. Yes. So we call that Kensho. So Kensho is really us learning from our pain, learning from the hurt. And because we've experienced so much pain, we don't want that to ever happen to us again. So we basically do something about it. But for me, I kept, you know, self-sabotaging myself before that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to like say that I'm going to stop, but I'm not. But eventually when that threshold of that traumatic experience happened, that's when I finally decided that, you know what, I'm really done because everything that I felt like I was doing didn't really work out for me. And so, yeah, that intentionality begins with the discipline of the body and being able to command your body that, you know what, like, I'm not going to allow you to crave or to do the things that you feel the urges that you feel like you need because you don't really need that. And it's all really in the mind. So it's really having that control again, getting back that power within myself to actually make better choices and choices that will really allow myself to grow, choices that will allow myself to expand as a person. And here I am now. <laughs> like, right. yeah. You, you said an interesting thing, MJ. You said intentionality begins with discipline of the body. Mm-hmm. So as if, and I'm thinking about this for a second, but it's, you cannot be intentional. You cannot start with intentions if you don't have command over yourself, right? That's what you're saying. Like if you are not in control, you're not in charge of yourself, then your intentions are all going to go awry, right? They're not going to, you're not going to be able to execute based on your intentions because you're not, you're not aligned with the body. You're not aligned with the self. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you talked about alignment too in the beginning um, of our conversation is it really has to start with alignment. It has to start with discipline. Definitely all of these things kind of come together to help us be more, you know, empowered in our lives. Right. Definitely. Wow. These are some really great concepts. Even you mentioned Kensho. And that's definitely something that's going on my list. Also a very powerful concept and idea. This is actually, you know, so such great sharing, MJ. I think that a lot of people listening in can get so much out of what we've been talking about. Now, since we have talked about addiction, we've talked about trauma, MJ. How about mental health? Like, I'm assuming with everything we've discussed, this has taken quite a toll on mental health along the mm-hmm. way. So what have been the mental health challenges that you've had to deal with as a result from these kind of experiences in your life? And how have you worked with that? Yeah, I, I love that we're actually talking about this because I don't think it's really being, it's not really as talked about, but it's really something that needs to be addressed. And, you know, the first panic attack that I have experienced was, uh, I didn't know what it was. And I just remember palpitating. Um, I, I remember it, like I was crying. I, I couldn't breathe. I was really young then. Um, at that time, like I, I didn't know what was exactly happening. And that was the time when I had, you know, when 
a guy broke up with me and again that feeling of you know like unloved again to start to resurface and i felt like i wasn't worthy why is this happening to me and stuff like that so yeah when that happened uh they rushed me to the hospital they gave me a paper bag and basically they just put me calm me down and allowed me to just you know breathe and that incident kind of like triggered a lot about myself the emotions the how everything is manifesting physically and and i guess it's really about understanding that you know our emotions are really connected to our mental health that everything that we feel sub you know subconsciously has a lot to do with our overall being and you know sometimes i'm usually the type to overthink that you know like even though it hasn't even happened yet i i kind of like get lost in my mind as to what if this happens or what if you know what if i what if i get rejected what if you know all of these things started to you know pop up in my head and sometimes i still do that but it's really having that kind of awareness that when these things happen again it's really about you being in control of your body that yes you are acknowledging and recognizing these things happening in your mind but finding space giving yourself permission to just feel that and just allowing yourself to say that you're you know you're safe all is well it's going to be okay and what really helped me go through all of these mental health challenges were really anchored around again my connection to myself to my source to god and the daily practice that i do is really on meditation meditation practice really allowed me to be grounded to find peace even though there are a lot of uncertain things that are happening externally around the world sometimes beyond my control but it's really again just grounding myself and focusing on myself that you know it's going to be okay and you are actually seen you're heard and you are loved and that you know i am enough i i heard a very empowering statement in in something you you just said you said give yourself the permission and that i think is a very powerful mantra for anyone to get out of today's episode because it's give yourself the permission to relax give yourself the permission to be free give yourself the permission to be loved to forgive and as we connect to ourselves okay what we're doing is really giving ourselves the permission to be who we are and i think that is so you know kind of embodies a lot of what you've been saying today which is about you know connecting with yourself getting back in touch you know knowing who you are and it's all coming down to kind of giving yourself the permission for all that abundance and love and opportunity and possibility to come into your life and i get from what you're saying mj that this is a process you know this is something that takes um it, it's that's why we say it's a journey right it is a journey of loving yourself it is a journey of working on yourself and the the thing that brings us hope is to is to hear from people like you that you do get there you know there there is a there is a point at which all of this comes together and you get to be 
this person who is empowered, who loves themselves, who, you know, has found their vision, their passion, their purpose. And here we are, you know, there's MJ standing right in front of us who's come out of all of these different kinds of challenges. I mean, she's hit addiction. She's hit mental health challenges. She's worked with obviously relationship challenges. She's worked with trauma and look at where she is. So let's talk about where you are today, MJ. Okay. You've come a long way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And today <laughs> you've taken all these lessons you've learned and you have translated it into what you teach, into kind of what you talk about, what you advocate, right? And one of the things I know that you are staunchly supportive or you staunchly believe in is the idea of abundance, the idea of, I think we call it manifestation, because I know that you have collaborated with my well-being center, the Third Eye Wellness, and you have done a workshop called Manifestation. Okay, Mm -hmm. so talk to me about how this process of sort of healing, self-discovery, self-love has now brought you to this point where you're talking about manifestation and abundance and creating this sense and feeling of of plenty and and all the resources you could possibly need is obviously at your fingertips. So talk to me about where you are today. Um, yeah, and I'm super grateful because your team has, you know, been very awesome in terms of supporting me whenever I conduct workshops for your uh, well well-being center. And yeah, basically, I share about money mindset that it's money we control and not the other way around, and how we can really shift that mindset. And by uh, the way, if we are to just really understand the blocks, the money blocks that limit us from actually achieving this feeling of abundance, you know, it's really about how we are in terms of our relationship with money. Because, you know, these things aren't really taught in school. And personally, I had to also experience, you know, I've experienced being broke as and it's something that I I know it may sound counterintuitive, but like just enjoy being broke, enjoy losing millions. I was scammed. But you know what? That experience allowed me to become creative. And that allowed me as well to think outside of the box to really, you know, I'm really grateful that I was scammed because, you know, if I was able to, if I lost millions, I know that I can find it in my consciousness right now to earn billions. And I'm actually excited for that, you know, and I'm basically, it's just really us enjoying that process. So it can, it, again, it's enjoying the process. May that be in terms of mindset and may that be in terms of relationship. May that be in terms of health. May that be in terms of money. It's really being aligned and enjoying that process and understanding and having a, the right foundation as well when it comes to, you know, to everything. And, you know, just like our relationships, this is something that is really connected when it comes to our money you know, um, which I really share during the workshops. And again, it's all about the emotion, spirituality of money, our approach about money, and really sharing the secret around, you know, living abundantly. So MJ, it starts with looking at our life experiences, not Mm -hmm. as negative events, but, you know, things to be grateful for, 
because yep. of those experiences, we have got somewhere or we got some skill. It gave us some skill. Like you said, you became more creative. You know, you were thinking out of the box. And mm -hmm. as we move forward from these different things that have happened, these events, these negative experiences, these traumas, as we move forward from that, we can start to be in a place where we can start to have all the things we really want. And one of the things you might want is that energy of abundance and flow into your life, right? So yes. can you share, MJ, some tip or an example of how this idea of manifestation or abundance can be created in our lives? Okay, so there are a lot of ways, but my secret here is for us to be willing to do the work. You know, many of us want to fly business class, right? But not everyone's willing to pay the price. And it's also the same with transformation. Like what I have gone through, I had to pay the price. And it's, it didn't happen overnight. I had to build my character. I had to build my competence. I have to be consistent with myself and making the right choices that's going to be more aligned with my highest self, right? And the secret around here, especially if we are to really embrace abundance, is to help other people. And I just feel that the universe will have your back, will work with you when you are doing something for more people rather than just doing it for yourself. And we always say that in our community, like if you want to earn a million dollars, you got to help a million people. Wow. If you want to earn a million dollars, you got to help a million people. That's super. What a, what a great way to think about it. I actually had an episode, um, I believe it was episode three this season where we talked a lot about service and mm -hmm. my guest Winston Lim was talking about how by serving others we actually serve ourselves so I completely agree with that statement that you know as we think about helping others we kind of also direct that flow back to us and that is definitely a secret of manifestation is to be able to help others I know that when I chose to be a healer I didn't think about money at that point, to be very honest with you, but I did see as the more I wanted to help people, the more abundance would come find me in some way until I became very aware of sort of that flow that was happening. And also, I, I know like in the Chinese culture, they believe in the idea of tithing, which is like flowing money out, and then it kind of brings abundance back to you. And that's inherent in, in a lot of different religions and disciplines as well. So, yeah, I completely, you know, feel that as well. Money is current. That's why we call it currency. It's a current and it has to be, you know, flowing. But the more that we hold on to money, you're not allowing it to flow because we're scared. We're scared that, you know, this is the only money left I have, you know, like... It's not, you're not, you're distracting the flow of money. And again, it's not your only role here is to just serve and be happy serving because it's not your job to think about the how to's, but just your role here is to just focus on you, on what it is that's going to be aligned in terms of you helping other people. And the rest is just going to show up. And again, like, I'm just so happy because you, you know, with this podcast, I don't exactly know whose touch uh, whose life we might be able to touch but you know whoever might actually hear from this i'm sure they will get so much value from from all the things that you have been doing maybe not even today but maybe 
in the next weeks or months we don't know we don't know how the universe works but what's important right. here is that we are consistently working on ourselves that's gonna serve the whole world that yeah that's aligned with our purpose and, you know, more power to you, MJ. I'm totally in line with that. And I have to also thank you for helping me to do that. My route has been to, to do it through the podcast and through the healing sessions. And I think we all have our way of touching other people and serving, you know, our community, our, our uh, friends, our family and the world in some way or the other. But I kind of want to loop back, MJ, before we go forward from this question. Another thing you said that I wanted to talk about is you said that if we want to fly business class, we should be willing to pay for it, right? Like we need to do the work. And I was just thinking about, you know, something that I've taught in some of my classes as well is that, you know, let's say you you want to fly business class, but then you look at the cost of business class and you're like, oh my God, that's too much. Like that's not like, that's crazy to pay this much for business class. That mindset in itself rejects abundance because you're not willing to pay what it costs to be comfortable, right? And we mm -hmm. kind of look at money as like too much or too little or too expensive or not expensive. But we should be looking at money, for example, as it is what it is. It's just a currency, right? It's just a number. And whether cool. you're paying... A thousand or two thousand, or you're paying five hundred is irrelevant because if you have plenty of money, all you got to do is pay it, right? Does that make sense? Like, but when we mm -hmm. come from a place of I have this much money, and if I pay two thousand, I'm gonna have two thousand less, and that's kind of that energy of lack because we're like counting what we have, thinking that it's limited, and that as we take out, you know, we have less in our own uh, account or less for us to spend when we should be thinking you spend this and there's more that gets replaced into our account. And that's kind of the flow. I think that's what you're talking about when you say money has to be current, you know, it com mm -hmm. constantly moves. So I like that you kind of touched upon that as well. Now with regard to money, MJ, how does the person shift from a money controls me or I work for money mindset to a money works for me zone. And along with kind of that question, I also want to explore a little bit about the idea of freedom from your perspective, because I feel like when money controls you or you're working for the money, there is no freedom. And freedom comes when money starts to work for you. You know, and and it's kind of like you have the freedom to explore yourself in all these different ways and money comes along with it. So can we talk a little bit about that shifting that mindset and also the concept of freedom as it relates to it being the way that we can live our life with abundance? Yeah. So prior to becoming a coach, uh, I used to work for corporate and my mindset then was, you know, for me to be totally free, I need to have a lot of money. And I think that has been, you know, a concept that has been ingrained with us, you know, with, you know, society like, okay, if you have more money, then you can pretty much do whatever you want. But my experience allow, allowed me to think that, you know, even though I have, I was earning quite well, I was a manager in this multinational company. And I remember that, you know, even though I had a lot of money, I wasn't happy because 
I didn't have time for myself. And that was the time like, okay, if I'm just good, I have a lot of money, but I, I don't even really get to like spend this for myself. And if, if I would have to travel, which I love to do, it, it was so difficult to ask permission. And so even though I had a lot of money, I wasn't totally free. And that's when I realized that, you know, money doesn't equal freedom, right? And what I wanted to build right now is actually my net worth. And the formula around that, if I were to increase my net worth, is to actually increase my self-worth. That no understanding that this is my worth. And so I will be doing the things that will allow me to increase my self-worth. And back then, when I was still in corporate, I wasn't feeling worthy. I just felt like I was just a number here. I wasn't making a name for myself. This isn't what I wanted to do because I know that I can do better. And so even though I was earning money, I didn't really feel abundant because I wasn't like in terms of the different aspects of my life, I, I'm failing. I wasn't healthy. I was an, I became anemic when I was working there. My relationships were failing. I were I made difficult choices. And in the end, again, it's not just really about money. And when it comes to freedom, again, it's really about living my authentic truth. So I know that I can do more. I know that I can give more. But that environment for me was just really restricting. And so I just decided that, you know, I'm, I'm finally going to get out of this and going to create something for myself. Because understanding that, you know, even though I may not have the same amount of money, I want to work on myself, on my self-worth that I, I can still get out of it. And, you know, slowly but surely, it may not be perfect, but definitely there's progress and that's okay. You know, I say something um, that value creates worth. So if you value yourself, you value your time, okay, then you are actually increasing your self-worth. You are actually feeling more worthy of, of whatever you choose to create or manifest in your life. So I guess it starts again with valuing yourself. And if mm -hmm. you say that your time is so valuable, then what you do with your time is therefore also valuable. And if you are working nine to five and you're not enjoying it, then that is not like it is not matching that sense of value you have for yourself. Do you kind of follow my my mm -hmm. my flow of what I'm saying? So it's like it's it starts from how we value ourselves. So is that kind of also similar to what you're saying, MJ, that as you become more choosy about how you're spending your time? what you're actually doing is valuing yourself more, right? Yes. Again, it can be different for different people. But what's scary there is if the, we attach our value to what our parents want us want for us or what society, think, society thinks we should be, that's what's scary. That's where we kind of find ourselves that, like, who am I? And for some people, you know, it's they really find their passion and purpose around the things that they do when it comes to their work. May that be corporate, may that be in their family business. But for me, I just don't find myself 
being in that and kind of environment because as I value freedom, I value my truth and I feel like I will expand more as a person if I get to like really just share my story, become a coach, transform people and yeah like higher self-worth equals higher net worth and again everything will just follow um and just really trusting the process that you know even though i'm not a billionaire yet and that's okay i still enjoy that process and you know at the end of the day if i were to die i know that i have lived and that's the scary part around you know when you get lost in other people's dreams when you just you know Many people are afraid to die, but I think the reason why they are afraid is because they haven't truly lived or because they haven't shared to the world who they are and what they can do. And most self-help approaches focuses, again, on what the how-tos, on what you should be doing without really understanding that you need to identify first who are you as an individual, what it is that makes you happy what it is that makes you feel alive because you know the world doesn't need people who are just working the world needs people who are alive because when you are alive when you actually feel alive then everything else around you becomes alive and you are giving that light to to every every everywhere you go you're bringing that light and just being by true to yourself and yeah, like I guess it can be a quite hard of a concept to understand, especially when, you know, there's a lot of challenges right now and just saying, oh, I need to be practical. You know, I, I hear that. And that's why, you know, if I'm going to put a, just a structure around it, I, I'm not telling you to immediately quit your job. <laughs> like, of course, you still got to, you know, pay the bills. You still got to live. You, you don't, you don't want to be irresponsible. But at the same time, you want to save a portion of your money just in case if you are to quit your job, like identifying what is your minimum livable income. And once you've identified that, maybe in, uh, save that up for the next six months. And once you've saved that up, then you can start doing whatever it is that you are passionate about and then just try it out at least for the six, first six months, you'll be fine. You'll, you're right. good. So prepare yourself. And I think mm. work towards the point where you can create the freedom for you to express yourself, you know, to be who you are and to kind of do what you love to do, which is, I think, the, the net worth that you're talking about, right? Yeah. Beautiful idea, really. I love the sentiment and I, I love the idea of this. I think it's definitely something that can really work uh, for people as long as they do it in a very responsible way. Now, MJ, we are at the end of this episode, but before I wrap it up, I want to ask you about Evolution, which is a community that you have cultivated. Tell me a little bit about this. And, you know, how does one kind of get involved? So evolution, from the word evolution, it's spelled with an E-V-E. And I wanted to anchor the feminine energy in terms of, you know, having that power. Because, you know, we live in a world where there's, you know, competition, success, grit. And all of these are, you know, these are good energies. But... You know, there's so much power in terms of being vulnerable, in terms of being compassionate, in terms of love. 
And I wanted to anchor that kind of energy in my community. And so I, I created this community. Uh, it's a team of life and wealth coaches. And here we really nurture the nature of human beings and really creating that safe space for people to be themselves, to for them to be whole, for them to be accepted as who they are. And so find, giving them a hand as well in terms of what kind of transformation do they want to, to explore or discover upon themselves? Because um, let's be real, um, sometimes we're stuck in the comfort zone, but you know, being in that comfort zone isn't really comfortable. <laughs> Is that making sense? But for me, like having this kind of community will allow them to like really tap into their potential, allowing to see that genius in them. And I wanted to unleash that greatness in them because I really believe that there's a genius in all of us. And that's why I don't want to just conform on what society is telling you to be, because I feel like we all have our own identity. We're all geniuses. We're all amazing human beings. And again, we don't exactly know how would that be unless you create that safe space for them to discover that. So, um, yeah, like they, they can definitely join my workshops. I, I do have workshops, you know, I, I do every month. And at the same time, uh, we also do a lot of financial planning. So we are partnered with different companies. Uh, depending on the need of our clients, uh, we give them that kind of support so that they will really thrive in terms of their health, their relationship, their finances, their spirituality, and above all, it's their purpose. So yeah hopefully hopefully we get more people to join that community it sounds fantastic mj now mj before we come to the end i would like to have your project loving myself mantra or message that you'd like to share with our listeners all right it's very simple just say i am love and all is well i like that i am love and all is well Yes. Simple, but true. Very, very yeah. true. Thank you, MJ, for this great conversation. It was definitely very enlightening to hear your perspective on, on so many different things and especially to, sh to have you share your kind of journey from where it started to where you are today. It was really a beautiful story to hear, very inspiring. So thank you, MJ, for being here and sharing your energy. How can okay. people follow you and find you? Yeah, I feel like how our worlds, you know, connected, it's really amazing how we kind of like found each other. But even before we actually talked, we kind of, in a way, got connected already, but just indirectly. But anyway, um, yeah, thank you for having me here, Sanaya. This is a really amazing project that you're doing and you are really sharing so much light to the world and any way that I can support you and of course the, your well-being center, I'd be happy to do so. Um, you guys can also check out my Satori candles. Um, I mentioned Kensho a while ago. Uh, that's you experiencing life and learning life through pain. The other side of it is Satori which is really an enlightened intrinsic experience. And that is you learning and discovering more about yourself through intrinsic discoveries, through meditation, through you know reflecting and journaling and all of these things. So the Satori candles are actually a tool which you can use where you can, uh, it, again, it's creating that structure on yourself 
wherein you light the candle, you do your meditation, you do your mindfulness practices. And maybe as soon as you light the candle, it's really a, a trigger for you to just focus on yourself. Because, you know, we only have 24 hours a day. How much time do you really spend for yourself, for you to connect to your source? Because, you know, sometimes we're giving so much of ourselves, you want to take that energy back. So important for us to connect with our source every day, connect with ourselves every day, being really intentional around it. And yeah, Satori candles will help that because we have put a secret message at the bottom of each candle. So you you're going to feel excited to light the candle every day. And besides, they're really beautiful and they smell good as well. And you can also check out my other social media. You can find me on Instagram at MJ Ayoki and also on Facebook at MJ Ayoki. Thank you, MJ. What did you think of this conversation with MJ? I mean, we went into so many different experiences in her life and, you know, she's been through a lot, but look at where she's reached today. I hope that this conversation will inspire you, any of you, wherever you are in your life, whatever low point, whatever difficulty or challenge you find yourself in, to know that there is a way out and there is a place for you in this world that brings you a lot of happiness, joy, and contentment that you can get there. If you are enjoying this podcast and these episodes, do drop me a comment on Instagram and Facebook by tagging at Project Loving Myself Podcast and at Sanaya Gurnamal. Hit the subscribe button on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so that I can feel your love and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. Our quote for today is, Rock bottom will teach you the lessons that mountaintops never will. So if you are stuck at rock bottom, then find the light that shows which way is up and start climbing your way out. That starts when you can step out of victim mode, when you can take responsibility, and when you can appreciate the events that brought you to your low points. It is when we hit our lowest points that we become open to the greatest change. And remember, no matter where you are, at what point in life, you are loved. Thank you for joining me this week on Project Loving Myself, brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Podmetrics. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.